Welcome to another inspirational message from Dave Coop, Senior Pastor of Coastal Church in Vancouver, Canada. The seminar they went to, we had Carl Gustav Severin, who's a pastor in Uppsala, Sweden, with the Word of Life Church there, an amazing church in Sweden, really is doing a great work around the world, done so much work in Russia, in the Ukraine, and uh, Carl is also really an apostle, helping churches all around the world, spoke and helped churches over 60 different nations of the world. He's no stranger to us. We, we love Carl and the work that he does here, his hunger for, first of all, for God, for the church for his family, and uh, so we're honored to have him with us this morning. Would you please stand with me and give our friend and brother and pastor, Carl Gustav Severin, a real warm welcome. Carl, so good to have you back, man. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, it's so good to be home in Vancouver again. I really feel home here, and, and um, I hope you will understand my Swinglish. Um, it's, it's not so easy um, to speak English for us Swedes, but we try as good as we can. We are so delighted to be with you in the church, and to hear this miracle again and again and again. You can never get tired of hearing miracles. It says, wonderful, the water broke in 18 weeks, and the baby survived. I just met the baby a few minutes ago here, and hugged it and kissed it, and... His name is Caleb Jeremiah. Wow. Um, what a joy it is to see God perform a miracle. And he is here today to perform miracles for you and for your family. And all the people said, amen. amen. I will we'll go right into the text today because, you know, we have one other meeting coming up also. So uh, let's hurry up here. Let's go. This is the first serious um, sermons from the the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and I decided to not to start with the first verse, but to start with the last one. Um, the last uh, really passage that Jesus talks about on Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew, uh, the seventh chapter. And uh, I want you to go with me to verse 24 there. Uh, Matthew seven twenty-four. Are you ready for the word of God today? Amen. Amen. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them... I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended. Everybody say house. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it didn't fall. Say it didn't fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended the floods came the winds blew beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall now jesus is talking about here about the house he talking about our life as a house if you build your house on the rock when the storms comes when the attacks comes to your house it will stand uh, so, of course, we can see a house as, as our life. We, uh, we can see it as a house, as a building. But also in the Bible, we, we see many times how it is. Um, Jesus talking about the house as our families. Can everybody say family? Family is something beautiful. I know the devil hates the word family, but God loves the word family. 
And, and we believe in the family. We believe in the church family. We believe in our own family. So many times, you know, when, when um, uh, in the book of Acts, it says, uh, the, Paul said, believe in Jesus and you and your house shall be saved. Uh, to, another place it says, I'm glad when they say, let's go to the house of the Lord. So there's something with the house, but it also symbolized very strong uh, the word family. Joshua was one of the great men in the Bible. He said, me and my house will serve the Lord. And I really believe that that's a declaration we need to make in this time, in this hour. With so much shaking, so much going on in the world, I really believe that we shall make a decision, all of us in this room today, and say, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I want to be a house. I want to be, you know, because uh, we, we build our own houses. We have our own things. You know, we, we do things. We build our lives. And, and sometimes we forget that there are other values that are more important than even building my own house, building my own career. But that is to build my family and to build my house. Because the house uh, that, that, that we're talking about here today is the family, the house of God. You know, you're in a house, you can change things. You can take down a wall. You can build up a wall. I mean, there are many things. I said in the other services, when I'm traveling, I'm a traveling minister. When I come home, every time my wife has changed something in the house, I tell you. I'll be home tomorrow. There will be difference. I, I, don't, I said one day maybe the bedroom will be the kitchen. I don't know what. But there's always changes. And, and, as a, and as sometimes I'm upset, sometimes happy, you know. But, you know, we, we can make decisions. We can build. It's, you know, a building doesn't have it. You have to make it. You have to build it. And I think the same is with our life. We have to build our life. We have to build our family. We have to build our relationship. We have to build. Everything is a building in our life. And when it comes to the end of our life, we will have a building. We will have a legacy. We will have something that we'll be known for. Um, I mean, you may be known for you build that thing and that thing. But there's something you shall leave to the next generation. Your next generation is our kids, our grandkids. That when they raise up, they shall say, well, my my father, my grandfather, they really served the Lord. They went to the Lord. And and one time God came to to, uh, one of the great men of the Bible. His name was David. He had a very nice house. He lived in the house of cedar, a very nice material, expensive. He was in the middle of his life. And God comes to him in 2 Samuel and have a question for him. Which I believe that question will be going to us today also. When God comes to him and said, David, uh, do you want to build a house for me? This is found in 2 Samuel 7. Chapter. You maybe don't have to look it up because we have a little limit of time. But just write it down and look it down and come home. 2 Samuel 7. God asked David, do you want to build a house for me? And David says, yes, I want to build a house for you. And then God says, if you build a house for me, I will build your house. He said, that means that God said, I, if you do this for me, I will decide to build your house. I mean, he had a house. He had a house. It was not the physical house. He was talking about his family. I will build your family for the future. And then he says, and there will never be any one on the throne of Israel that are not from your house. The, on the throne. There will always be descendants from you serving God on the house throne of Israel. And if you follow uh, the whole story about David, it's amazing to see how, how really it happened that even 65 years after David, Abijan came and he, he rebelled against God uh, and God said to him, hey, uh, I will take you, but you see, I will still bless you because of David. 
165 years, another grand-grand-grandson comes up and he does something and bad. And God said, hey, you do that. I will correct you. I will punish you. But I will still bless you because of David. 385 years after David, God is still saying, and then when the house of David, it says the house of David was under attack. And God said, I will save the house of David because of David. And an angel comes and save the whole nation in Israel. So we see here that when one person make a decision, when you make a decision, I will serve God. God will bless you in coming generations. Amen. You know, I think, amen, let's give the Lord a hand. Because this is a fantastic. When we serve God, God will say, okay, if you serve me, I will serve your family. I will come to you and I will bless you. And, I, and even today, you know, who is sitting on the throne of God today? Jesus Christ, the son of who? David. Jerusalem is called the city of David. And the flag of Israel has the star of David. So one little decision can make big difference. When a, a parents say, hey, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We will go to the church. We will, not, we will just not sit home. We'll be active. We'll be dedicated. Church will not only be our hobby, the church will be our life. That means that we are, not, we, don't, we are dedicating ourselves. We are giving our strength. We said, hey, the church is not just I visit. I hate this, you know, especially in the United States. They have like, oh, I go to that church. You don't go to church. You belong to a church. That's your life. That's what you give your life to. You don't just go visit there one day and one there. You know, you give, you dedicate to something that you really love. And you know that this is going to change me and my family. If I could tell you how much the church has meant for me. I will start to cry. I came as a Christian. Uh, no, not as a Christian. I came as a sinner. <laughs> I still sin. But, but you, know, you know, I came. And I was 14 years old. And you know what happened? When I came to the church. And this church received me in my arms. In their, not in my arms, but in their arms. And they hugged me. This old, I remember this old ladies. 75 years old. Carl Gustav, we will pray for you. You little boy, we will pray for you. And oh, and they hugged me and they kissed me. And they massaged me on the back when they prayed for me. And I came home from the church like this, you know. <laughs> but you know, they were, this love I felt there was unbelievable. It was people, real people that loved Jesus. And they loved me. And I, I know I would never be in here today if I didn't have the church. And these old ladies and these old people who took care of me when I came to the church. But my mother and father were not a Christian. They were not serving God. I was alone. I just came 14 years old. And today I can say, yes, Jesus saved me, but the church kept me saved. That was good. Uh, I never said anything more good today than this. <laughs> amen. I said Amen. And you know when I came to the church, do you know where I find my wife? In church, of course. I didn't go to a discotheque. <laughs> I didn't find her on the internet. I know that's popular right now, but I didn't go, I didn't go to the The internet didn't exist. If you ask me when I was, uh, and you say, what is the internet? Nobody knows about that. You know, I, found my, I find my wife in the, in the church. Do you know where I found her in the church? In the kitchen. On Friday nights, there was, there, was, there was a youth meeting. And when all the youth went home, guess who was in the kitchen cleaning up everything? After everyone, not me. 
wrong. My form, not former wife, but my, my, my wife that's going to be my wife. She was there every Friday night. She was, she, and, I, and I said, why, why, why do, you, do, do you all this job? You know when she said? I love the church. I love to serve God in the church. You see, the church is my life. Carl Gustav said, ooh, ooh, that's going to be my wife. She will love the church more than she will love me. Amen. And I, I got her. Hallelujah. She became mine. And we have been, we have been married now for 2,000 years soon, I think, you know. <laughs> we have oh, at least 35 years. And, 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 you know, I don't even remember. I'm, I, but a long time. We have five kids. We have seven grandkids. And you know how wonderful it was when I met. We met in the church. We served in the church. We, 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 we loved the church. And you know what I found out? Her mother was the same. My mother-in-law is a lover of the church. She lives in the church. She would die in the church. She, she's 83 years old, 92, 83. And she's in the church every day. Cooking coffee. She's cleaning the church, serving God, helping with the helping hand, helping poor people. Every, yes, serving God. And we know what I found out. Her, my wife's family has been Christians for 300 years. That's a long time. My mother-in-law is not 300 years, but, you know, <laughs> she's old, but <laughs> she loves me. That's exactly, she loves me. And I love her. We have so fun together. Some, when I got 50 years old, she said, oh, now you're an old man. And I said, go away, Satan. <laughs> we have fun. We love each other. We laugh. You know, her family was pirates, Spanish pirates. And sometimes I see the Spanish pirates' eyes in her eyes, you know, when she gets mad. But they came to Sweden 300 years ago, got saved, and has, that family has been a Christian family all these 300 years. There are missionaries, pastors that are good people coming out of the family. You know why? They decided to build a house for God. They decided to give their life to God. They decided to say, we're not going to only live for ourselves, only for my career, only for my job. No, I'm going to give my life to something beyond myself, beyond who I am. And that is what really is life. So, you know, we, we saw that in our family. We saw how important it was even to bring the kids to the church. I mean, that's a miracle. You have to raise them from the dead on Sunday morning sometimes. <laughs> how many know what I'm talking about? You know, parents with small children, you are my heroes. And I want to encourage you, especially today, don't ever stop to bring your kids to the church. I have a law in my family. It's called the Severin Law. That's when I made decisions. When I said, this is law. That means my kids, they know this is law. And one of the law is, Sunday morning, we all go to church. Even if we have to raise them from double death. <laughs> my wife has been in church since she was, she was born, every Sunday. And, and we decided we're going to bring her. It was not easy. I tell you, it was some of the hardest thing. The whole city in Stockholm was sleeping when we were up there early on Sunday morning and it was a long way to the church and to raise them, put them in the shower, all of them, kick them up, you know. And when the teenagers, two kicks. Oh, dad, sometimes I was late tonight. That's not my problem. That's your problem. Up, church. <laughs> Amen. Carl Gustav, you sound like a dictator. You bet. 
It's law. They have no chance. We raise them up, give them breakfast, put them in the car. At that time we had small cars, no seat belts. There was, you know, these times. And long way to church, 40 minutes. And we were driving there many times. I was preparing my sermon. And they didn't sit in the back seat and singing glory songs. They didn't sing hallelujah. No. They were beating each other. They were, they were not holy. They were not praying in tongues. They didn't do anything like that. There was, so I, I remember someone I said, quiet. And I lost my temper so many times. I had to give, forgive, I, how many times I repented on the way to the church every time. So when I came to the church, I was new repentant. I'd never read repentant church. I did it before church, okay? And suddenly I was so mad, I came into the building. And there's four kids, you know, after me. Come here. And there was a nice, I said, welcome to church. Thank you. <laughs> but then, of course, this wonderful Shillin church came. And you know you can sit and listen to the word of God. But then, you know one thing. They'll be back. <laughs> Tired, hungry. We haven't put all our money in the offering. No money to buy food. Drive home, cook potatoes. 45 minutes and... Before we got everything in order and everybody off the clothes, new, four o'clock easy came. And I sat down on the sofa. We have been to church. <laughs> on Shabbat. The resting day. And I ask many times, is this worth it? Today I have the answer. Yes. Every day was worth it every day was worth it because today my children are serving God and when I had my 50th birthday my, my oldest daughter spoke to me she said Papa there's one thing I want to thank you for I said that's good because when you're 50 you, and that's the counting day you know what we kids would say about your life so she's very straight she always tells the truth she said, Papa, there's one thing I want to thank you for. Thank you for bringing me to church every Sunday. And I said, you know, nobody knows the trouble I've seen to do that. <laughs> Good luck yourself now when you get married. <laughs> but, you know, every Sunday, she's there with her three kids, my grandkids. And she, she's, she's raised them from the dead every Sunday. And she do the same. But you know what I believe? The church are more important than they think. Some of us are kids, and we, we have sport training, we have hockey. You have hockey in Canada? <laughs> of course you have. You're the best in the world. Amen. Amen. <laughs> See, you're the best. I'm, I must say it. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to say that. You're the best in the world. But you know what? We have hockey in Sweden too. We have hockey players playing here in Vancouver. Anybody you know what? I... I, you know, I believe we shall have our children go to, to athletics, but we shall not do that so that they cannot go to church. Because the church is important for them. The, to, to come and hear the word of God every Sunday is more important than you think in your life. To come here, I mean, the, the church is not perfect. No church is perfect. Uh, only I'm perfect. No, you know, no, no one is perfect. So, so, but it's important to take them to, 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 to experience the fellowship with other believers, to feel that, that you and I, you say, well, I can meet God in my house. Or, you know, there's nice weather. There's, you know, let's go to the beach and take a picnic with the kids. I say to my kids, first preach, then beach. <laughs> Amen. We make plans for that. But we go to the beach, yes, but first preach. 
And, 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 and it's not perfect. I, I, I told the story last service when, when a lady came to my church when I was a pastor, local pastor in Stockholm, and she, she had her nose up like this. Be careful to have her nose too high. You can drown when it rains. And it rains a lot of in Vancouver, I tell you. Be careful. Amen. And she said like this, Carl Gustav, I'm considering to be a member of this church. I said, oh my God. <laughs> but it has to be the perfect church. And I said, oh my God, I, think that I know my people in church, they're not perfect. So I said to her, well, it was perfect until you come here today. <laughs> I think she got the message. If you come here, there's a lot of imperfect, but they are wonderful people. And you know what? There, there are wonderful people here today. Look around what we have here today. This is better than any game. I mean, really, a ISO game is fantastic, but it's only a piece of plastic thing going to a net. But here we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We hear the word of God. We get the Sermon on the Mount. We know how to live. It helps us. And we are building the house of God here every Sunday. When you bring your offering, you're building the house of God. When you put your strength into the church, and not only come and visit, but you're here, you're ushers, you're helping, you're doing things. Hey, we are giving something. We are involved in something. We are doing something because there's more purpose in that than anything else in life. Amen. In the Bible, we have a story which I want to mention. It's a, it's a story about, a, it's called, she's called the Sunamite. She was a, a, a heathen lady that came to Israel, lived in Israel with her husband. Old couple, a little older. Uh, I will not say, we don't know the age, but she was in that age that, that uh, we call little older. Amen. It's dangerous to say that age because then you get enemies in every church. But anyhow... Elisha came, the prophet Elisha came to her and, and, um, and her husband and visited sometimes. And, and one day she said to her husband, you know, honey, we, we need to build a house for the man of God here. So they put up four walls. Not very much, but four walls of stones. And they put a, the Bible says they put a, a, they put a, a bed and a, a table and a, a candlestick, the Bible says, and internet, of course. Uh, everything that was needed. And then he said, wow. He came and said, well, this is wonderful. She does that for me? This was a small act. Just build something for God's man. And uh, one day, the prophet said um, to the Gehazi, her servant, is there anything these people are lacking? Do they need money? No, they're rich people. They need taxes to pay? No, they have enough. They paid every taxes. Okay, is there anything else they need? No, but they don't have any children. I had a house, but I don't have that kind of house. So, and I think it's so beautiful. They were building a house for God. Now God was going to build a house for them. And she come up and said, in one year you will be pregnant. And you know how ladies are when they don't believe. You know, the sound, they say, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yes, one year. One year later, they receive a son. What a joy for that family. Papa became like young again. Mama became, wow, we have a son. He was working with his papa on the farm. And one day he said, I have headache. Can you, Papa, I have headache. I, he complained. And he, like all papas said, go to mama. That's what they normally say when they have headache. 
and he, she went to mama. And the Bible says he lay down in the lap of mama and died a few hours later. What a tragedy for that family. The mama, mother didn't go to the funeral business to get a, a funeral. She went to the man of God. She settled the donkey and said, we will come back and everything's going to be fine. I love that. That's a real mama. She went to, she knew where to go, to the man of God. And she went up to the man of God on Carmel. And you know, I, I like when she, when the Bible says, we shall climb up the mountains. The prophet saw her and said, is everything fine with you and your son and your husband? And she said, everything is well. Can you imagine? That's a statement of faith. And said, it was not my idea to get that baby. It was your idea. You better get him back. A mother is like a bear, you know. Oh, you better fix it. And he ran down immediately, you know. And the Bible says he laid over the boy three times. And life came back to the boy. I said, yeah. And she said, thank you very much. Let's go home now. We'll work again. <laughs> Amen. Then the Bible says that she went home away from Israel for eight years because there was a hunger in the land. After eight years, she's coming back. This is a fantastic story. After eight years, she's coming back. You know what's happening when she's coming back? Suddenly, there is an amazing story how she stands in a food line or a helping line, a social welfare, whatever you call it. They went to the king, and the king was talking with people. People had a difficult time. And suddenly, the co-worker and king started to talk. You know, there was a lady one time, eight years ago, helped Elisha building a house and had a miracle with her son. Do you remember that? And she's just standing here. It was her turn. You talk about timing. You see, when you build something for God, God will time something good for you. And she said, that's me. Hello. She was bold. I said, is that you? And the king said, you know what? I will give back the land you lost when you left the country. I will give all the lost harvests will be back to you. And you will get interest of the lost money. You know, she was building a house for God. And God was building her house in every area of her life. You know, when you start to work for God, when you start to live for God, I can tell you something. God will start to live for you. And God will start to build for you. He will start to build your children. He will start to build your family. And when your family get, because I always say, there is no perfect family. There's no family where everything is okay. There are times when our house come under attack. Are you following me? But you know, when you are serving God, the story you saw here about this family, this was a house under attack we saw here. But God came and the church came with food. The church came with blessing. The church, and they said, I talked with them the other day, it was such a blessing to see how the church came involved. Thank God for the church. Thank God for the believers. People say, oh, I only need the Lord. I don't need to go to church on Sunday. I can talk my God myself in my house. God, first of all, God is not in your house on Sunday morning. He goes to church. <laughs> amen. I said, amen. You young families, make habits, good habits. Bring your kids, go to church. Oh, but I'm tired. Oh, don't care about your tiredness. You'll wake up in the church. Amen. I said, amen. Go home and sleep in the afternoon. Thank you for all this, amen. <laughs> but God can bless you. God can strengthen you. I have, I, I, my family, we, we, we had an attack two years ago, three years ago it was, or maybe four years. You know, your time goes so fast. One of my sons got cancer. And, and it was hard, you know. 
to see, to see your son break down in cancer. You know, it was, it was very tough. But you know what? I was so happy for the church. Because the church came and the church prayed and the church went on and the th- church really came and prayed. You know, my son, he was building a house and he was for, on chemotherapy, you know, this uh, thing and he lost his hair. He was, he was laying on the floor in his house. He couldn't finish his house. He was laying there praying to God, God help me so my house will be finished. It didn't take very long, a few hours. Then 15 young people from our church came and said, just lay here, Daniel. We will build the house finished for you. That's church. I said, that is church. When I was a young person, and I will end with this because, you know, Jesus coming soon and the next service also coming soon. Yeah, I see that. And I have ordered from Pastor Dave to give him a certain time. But I, when I was newly saved, 14 years old, there was a little lady. Her name was Corin. She was about, she was old. <laughs> what old? Um, nowadays, we don't call 55-year-old people old. They are young. And it's, something has happened in the spirit changed a lot, you know. But she was old. She had white hair. And I remember when I left that church and moved to another city. Her name was, we call her little Corin. She said, Carl Gustav, I will pray for you. Every day. Your mama, papa is not saved. I will pray for you. Okay. And I left. And 30 years later I came back. And I thought, now every, all these old people who took care of me, they must be dead now. And they were. They were gone, all of them. But I thought, Corinne, of course, she was 60, 55, 60, 30. And she's not, no, no, she's not alive. And I was preaching in that church. And I said, Corinne, are you here? I said, Yes. I said, are you not dead yet? <laughs> she said, no. And I have been praying for you every day for 30 years. That is fellowship. Amen. I said, amen. Do you know what real fellowship is? There's two fellows in the same ship. Amen. Somebody said the first banana to leave the banana bunch is the first banana to be peeled. Think about that. When you get alone without the church, you lose something of protection and strength that only the believers can give to you. There was a person in the Bible, he's called Stephanas. And his house. The Bible says about him. First Corinthians 16, 16. When you come home you can read it. It says. They in that family. Were addicted to the ministry of the saints. They were devoted to help people. Who had problem in the church. There are people like that. There are people in this church. And there will be hundreds of them. Because this church is going to be grow And be thousands of people. Then we need a lot of people. Who are dedicated not to themselves. But to this church. To help people in this part of Vancouver. So that they can come. And you and your house shall be blessed. And all the people said. Amen. Maybe you're here today. And you say. I feel that you're saying to his minister to me. And I feel my house right now is under attack. I don't have. Maybe you have kids that are not saved yet. But listen to me. Believe in Jesus. And you and your house shall be saved. Make the declaration. Me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And even if the house are under attack today, I will make a prayer for you today, for your house and your family. That your house and your family shall be under the blessings of God from this day and on. There is something very powerful when we decide and make this declaration. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
So if you are here today and you say, Carl, my, I have that. I, I, I have, my house is under attack. But the floods are flooding into my house. The, 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 the rain is falling down on my house. Will you please pray for me? I want to do that prayer today. Because your house will stand. I said your house will stand. We have all time. And um, let me just tell you my, 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 about my son. Three months later, he got the message from the doctor. He was healed. And I'm so happy for him today when he's serving God. All my kids are with me in the faith. That's the grace of God. My youngest son was in India. He was 15 years old. He went to India in April and preached. He said, Papa, I pray and you pray. I pray and you pay, he said. And I had to pay his first mission trip. But I did that. My other son is serving the television. The other son is helping with the different people. But you know what? There's something powerful to serve God. I told yesterday, I was in Singapore not a long time ago, preached in the church there. And I came to a church where they have only mental retarded children. 400. They preached to them. And I was sitting and I was crying all the service. I saw how they was ministered to, how they worship God. And I saw an American guy with a brother with a nice suit and a tie. And I asked him, what are you doing? I live here. I'm American, but I live here. I'm a money mover. I'm moving money, about $1 billion every day to different bank accounts. But I said, that's nothing really. Because beside him was sitting a retarded boy. And foam came out of his mouth down on this nice Hugo Boss suit. And the tie was destroyed of things that came out of the mouth of the boy. Said, and he said, this is my life. To help this little boy every Sunday in church. And that touched me very much. You see, our, our money is wonderful. But something more beautiful, that's to be a part of building the church. And if your family is under attack, now lift your hands. I want to pray for you. God bless you. Oh, there are many hands here. Let's all stand up, everybody. Hold up your hand if you need prayer right now. Because right now, I, I want to pray for your family. I see there are many, many hands. That means we have family members we think about, we care about. We have kids that are not serving God. And I say to you young people, take this message today. Seriously. Be a part of building the house of God. Say, me and my house will serve God. Father, right now I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray that the blessings of God will be upon these houses. Even if they are under the flood against it, their houses are standing on the rock, on Jesus Christ. And you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We pray right now for the power of God to intervene into this family. Save them, heal them, deliver them. Some of the kids may be on drugs. They're bad life right now. But in the name of Jesus, we call upon them to come back. We call upon them to come back to you. And I, 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 I break all condemnation in parents' lives. I want to do this. But you don't have to be condemned. No, you can just say, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to download free notes from this message or find out more information about Pastor Dave Coop, then we invite you to visit our website at www.coastalchurch.org.